Welcome to Summit Roundtable. We're here with Lindsay Westcott, our designer, Matt Samet, editor, and Kevin Corrigan, a digital editor. And uh, first off, does anybody have any spray? Usually we start with a little bit of spray. Like personal achievements? Yeah, personal achievements, <laughs> funny things that happened at, at the crag. Uh, it's been dumping snow pretty continuously here for the last two weeks, so I've been in the rock gym myself, which is fine. I'm recovering from an injury and from surgery, which uh, means I would have been in the rock gym anyway, so I'm uh -huh. kind of glad it's snowing. Yeah. You know. Any interesting interactions with the bros? I'm trying to think. Have I seen any gym bros? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, was told that, that I was told that there were children running under me Sunday at the Boulder Rock Club, and that it's a good thing I didn't fall off because I would have crushed them. Brian was there, oh, nice. our mutual friend Brian, and, and he was warming up there, and I was doing some problems. There's like one of those old school kind of like arches, mm -hmm. you know, and I was doing problems out that, and I guess unsupervised children running back and forth. I had no idea because obviously I was looking up instead of down and I guess they ran under me multiple times. So I'm glad I didn't fall because I don't want to land on your children. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my spray. I didn't fall and kill anyone's children. Good job. Yeah. Well, Another good year. <laughs> it's a good year for me and for them. And they're going to have a lot of good years ahead of them if they can learn to stop running under climbers. So if you're a parent, keep your fucking children bouldering <laughs> wall no offense but I'm a parent and it's it's pretty serious like I saw a puppy get landed on once at a bouldering area and it was oh. the worst thing I've ever seen and I would hate to see that happen to a human being so, that's sad yeah anyway ha ha ha, ha, ha. <laughs> funny stuff <laughs> I was just in Vegas I was climbing Ooh. over at Calco Basin anybody know the moderate Mecca area no mm. So it's just a you know a little small area. It's actually outside of the park, so it's kind of nice because you can just drive in over on Calco Road. It's you know maybe 300 yard approach, but we were up on the second tier just looking for easy routes to do, and we were walking over, and there was a group on the tier at the tier under us trying to like scramble up. And as I was walking up, she's like, excuse me, excuse me. Um, and she's talking to the climber that's climbing. Oh, no. Like, she's like, like I'm, I'm sorry, but just so you know, we're behind you. We're behind <laughs> you. And she, because she saw me coming up and was like worried that we were going to get in line. Oh. And it was just the most, I don't know. It was I horrible. Understand. They were soloing and they were... So, so there was climbers on the second tier climbing. Uh -huh. There was a leader trad climbing. Okay. And they were on the tier underneath. And I'm guessing it's because there's a boulder on that top tier. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it looks like you have to go down and around, but you can really go up and over the boulder. Okay. So they probably went around, under, like down to the first tier. Mm -hmm. And then we're trying to find their way up, but it's just all choss and... Right. gravel and yeah it's it's gnarly but then she was like yelling at the climber the climber was totally confused about what was going on yeah he's like uh i'll i'll talk to you in a minute and she's like well just so you know we're behind you we're behind you and and i just started laughing the, gr the girls uh, I was with, they started laughing and they were like, what is wrong with that person? Mm -hmm. And then we just turned around and we wanted nothing with that situation. You just abandoned the whole crag entirely. No, we just went to a different area. Lost I was just cost. like, I want nothing to do with that. So she was like trying to claim a route from while free soloing up to the ledge? <laughs> exactly. 
when I was right behind the person, and I was right. just like looking at the route, like I knew what it was. It was a five six. My friend was like trying to do a um, like a mock lead. Right. I was like, oh, this would be great. And then the woman was just like yelling. I was yeah. like, let's move. We can find something else to get yeah, at. Yeah. There's other rocks to climb. That's good. I'm glad that human beings continue to be horrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Should have been like, sorry, lady, uh, we got dibs. We were here first. <laughs> yeah, that would have required engagement. <laughs> with someone like that. Yeah, I was yeah. all set. So we just had Valentine's Day. So I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about what we love most about rock climbing after all these years, because we've all been climbing for a while now here. And Matt, you've probably been climbing the longest, I would guess. <laughs> you should start with these guys because they didn't do their spray yet. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's or true. still do their spray. Well, I don't have any spray either. I've had vertigo for the last few weeks, so oh, anytime no. I climb, oh, I get boy. really dizzy. How, how do you get that? Um, so you can get it various ways. I think I got it from sitting in a dentist chair. Um, yeah, but anyway, so climbing is a little difficult right now, especially sport climbing outside, um, but I'm doing doing the best I can and just trying to maintain, you know, not get the spins. Um, so and, yeah, any fun. cross training? Um, just, you know, lots of beast making and <laughs> trying to like do core, um, but yeah, that's kind of it right now. All right. I mean, I don't really have much spray. I was pretty stoked on the green route at Boulder Rock Club. Uh, and then I finally like got to the point where I was going to make red point burns on it. But it had been up since late November at that point, And I knew like I was on borrowed time already. And then it disappeared. The one in the back right corner? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. It was a 11 plus. Yeah. You know, there was a guy, I won't name any names, but he really wanted to do a 12-plus out the tsunami wall at the Boulder Rock Club, and he paid them $1,000 to keep it there until he did it. <laughs> so if you had a spare $1,000, you could have... That is so Boulder. Yeah. yeah. Next, next time you, I ask for like an advance on my paycheck, you'll know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need $1,000 to go to the Boulder Rock Club to keep, this, to keep them from taking, taking the route down. Yeah. yeah, so that route was there for a while. Yeah, and then, then I've just been trying. Uh, I installed a new crack uh, crack machine in my garage. It's 10 feet long, 2 inches wide, and it's just like untreated sanded pine, and it is so hard. Uh, and I've just been trying to make any progress on that, but I think it's going to be a long-term project. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to Valentine's Day, what we yeah, love I about know. climbing. So let's start with you, Lindsay. Okay. Looks like you're trying to avoid I know, I'm like it, so I'm going for it. I feel like there are so many reasons. Like, I started climbing um, my freshman year of college, and from like it started out very much just like a fun social thing, um, being like part of a club and meeting new people, and that was in Cleveland. So there's like not really climbing outside there. Um, so I, I think I really fell in love with climbing once I sport climbed outside the first time at Red River Gorge mm -hmm. and I was just like oh this this makes so much more sense to me than like pulling on plastic um I think it's like problem solving and like I've never liked competing like I hate competing with other people but I really enjoy competing with myself so I think for me it's all about like unique beta problem solving and doing things as like efficiently as possible is why mm -hmm. I love climbing nice yeah, and anyone else relate to that too? Is that like 
I feel like people say that a lot. It's about like the problem solving for them. It's why they love climbing. Yeah, I think it's like, a, it's like a puzzle, right? That you get to figure out yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and it's every solution is unique depending on your body size and your strengths and things like that. Yeah, I think that's one of the coolest tests. I mean, I know a ton of climbers are engineers. Totally. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I mean, like when I learned, it was from the New Mexico Mountain Club, and they were almost all engineers at Sandia National Laboratory. Yeah, they uh -huh. were all just like, here's a problem. How do we figure it out? Yeah, I think that's pretty universal. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the same thing working over at Metro Rock years and years ago in Boston. It's like all the MIT grads would be there, mm -hmm. and they just love the problem solving. You could just tell they were like looking up and like, maybe if I go with this right hand, I'll save some energy and get my hip into the wall. But it's definitely like a mathematical engineer type thing. Uh, you know, I similar to Lindsay, I was don't like competitive sports. Uh, and I was bad at all athletics growing up. Like when I played T-ball, they made me the catcher. Um, which isn't very important in that sport. Uh, yeah, and then, I don't know, I started going to a climbing gym when I was living in New York City and didn't feel like I like related that well to most of my peers at that time because I was always into hiking and backpacking and like, I don't know, me and my friends would like climb buildings in town when we were in high school. Uh, I just kind of connected all those things together and I think I think the thing I like most about it is just tr having to work really hard at it um, you can always get better right like yeah there's always room for improvement yeah for sure and it's like you know being outside like spending time with friends and all those things but I really like projecting and having to like get really granular about figuring out the beta and like figuring out if I need to improve myself in some certain way and like I also have a high level of fear, I think, and being able to like push through that's really rewarding. So yeah, just trying really hard, really. I was also into like backpacking and sea kayaking before I got into climbing, but when I was living out in Western Mass, I had a friend bring me out to a crag there, and I just became totally obsessed with trad gear, because he took me to a trad climbing area and it was like, you know, you had cams and nuts and slings. And it was just this like whole new world of gear that I could buy. And for me, a lot of my hobbies are really like centered around the gear that allows me to do it. I love gear. Yeah. And there's like no other sport like climbing where you have so much gear and it's so specific to the just the route you're doing sometimes, right? Like sometimes... You're on a route where you need ball nuts. It's like <laughs> so specific. And I love that. And, you know, as I got into it more and more, I realized that I also just loved being able to get outside by myself, do something that really gave me a sense, uh, a sense of achievement afterwards. And as I get older and, you know, kind of have you know, ups and downs, like climbing is something that I can always rely on that kind of brings me up and, and centers me. And I really haven't found too many other things like climbing that that give me that satisfaction and relief. So yeah. that's, that's like, why I, I love climbing. I took like a five-year break from climbing and that whole time I still referred to myself as a climber. Like uh -huh. I feel like it's such an identity <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. It's like it'll always be there for you and something you can always come back to and appreciate once you fall in love with it. Yeah. 
Your uh, trad story reminds me of my first ever climbing trip, Kevin. Uh, a bunch of us Jim Gumbies from New York uh, went up to the Adirond or no, went up to the Gunks for a long weekend with our one friend who was like the guy who knew how to trad climb. And I just remember like the first night we were staying in this cabin and he was demonstrating for everyone else like how you build an anchor. And it just seemed so like unattainable and like so far off from where I was that like everyone else was watching him with rapid attention. I didn't even like pay attention because I was like, this is impossible and I'm never going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how I felt reading like climbing magazines and seeing climbing videos before I started climbing. Mm -hmm. It just seems so unattainable to me, but... And as you get out there, you learn that it's a process, and it is quite attainable. Matt, how did you fall in love with climbing, or when? What is it for you? Oh, it was like 4,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I came out of my cave, and I climbed the outside of the cave. Uh, I, don't know, I think I was like 12, actually, and I needed to learn... Um, rope management skills in order to climb Mount Rainier with a family friend, Bob. And so we were top roping at some little bluffs by like a lake in Washington State. I don't remember the name of it at all. But, you know, he started telling me about this whole world of rock climbing. And at the time, the hardest routes were like 513. And we were trying like a 5.8 or 5.6 or 5.9. I don't remember. But I just remember thinking I, I had always been terrible at team sports I'm not that competitive I just don't care about winning or losing and I just thought oh here's something where you can challenge yourself and where there's infinite possibilities to improve and you don't have to be in this team sport environment and I think that's what I connected with I didn't really get to climb much after that until I was 15 because there were no rock gyms around and I was too young to join the, the local mountain club but um yeah, I think that initial like top roping day out. I don't remember. I mean, I just remember some lake. We did some top roping. We swam in the lake afterwards, and I was like, "This is cool. Like, this is something I could do for the rest of my life." Has climbing changed for you over the years? Like, what satisfaction it brings to you, or what you're looking to get out of it? Uh, I think I've become more focused in where I put my energy with it. Uh-huh. And I think we all do, right? The longer you climb, the more you realize kind of climbing you like to do and the areas you like to go to and the people you want to be with so I think I've become more selective about where I put my time climbing Mm -hmm. Um, but I I don't think the motivation's changed no the motivation is the same which is always self-improvement and exploration but I think I've become a lot more focused at my goals because I you know I mean I realize I mean, we don't have infinite time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I don't really like like shitty flaring off wits. I'm not going to go do them just because everyone says it's cool. You know? <laughs> and I don't like crowded cliffs that, you know, it's like you just decide like what you're going to put on the table, what you're going to leave off. Mm-hmm. Great. I have, I have a related discussion question for everyone. Okay. When Adam Andra climbs something like stupid hard, like a 515D, mm-hmm. do you think he has fun? Wow, that's a good question. That is a good question. <laughs> like, you know, he's obviously trying really hard. He's screaming. He's giving it his all. He gets to the anchor. I'm sure there's this, like, amazing feeling of satisfaction and relief. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if fun is, like, the word it looks like he's having. You mean while he's actually on the route? Yeah. I think he does because... Your limit is your limit, and like Kevin said, it's a process, 
And by the time you're actually ready to do a root at your limit, it's, it's become something that's enjoyable to do in the sense that you know you have to try really hard, but it also feels good to try hard. Mm -hmm. So I think he is having fun. Or he's certainly in a, I don't know if maybe fun's not the word, but he's certainly in a flow state. Exactly. Which yeah. is pleasurable. Oh, for sure. I think he's like enjoying himself. But yeah. Yeah. Trying to like. I think he's having fun because okay. the dude likes to push himself. Like every for time sure. you see the guy climbing, he's going all out. Mm -hmm. And so I think for him, yeah, that, that's fun. I mean, you know, versus like a recreational climber who goes out on the weekend and just wants to do routes they're sure they're not going to fall on. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that may be a different definition of fun. But mm -hmm. for them, that's what they're seeking from the experience. Yeah, I think he's having fun. It's also a job for him at the same time, though. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a amount of seriousness that he needs. So like you said, Matt, I don't know if it's necessarily fun, mm -hmm. but it is probably enjoyable, right? There's probably some nervousness before trying these, but then as he's actually doing it, there's a state of enjoyment and uh, meditation almost. I mean, he doesn't ever look that angsty when you see him like getting ready to do roots. Yeah, that's true. Compared to some other people, you know, you see him showing up and there's like, oh God. I mean, he just sort of like, Seems okay. He seems pretty happy most of the time, even. Yeah. But he seems really upset when he doesn't do a boulder problem or a route that he's trying. Yeah, I mean, I've seen true. some videos of him like having full-on, uh, you know, Meltdown. meltdowns. Yeah, yeah, and then like that rock punked the Alex Megos movie that came out recently. Like, he was really hard on himself when he wasn't sending his goals. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem fun. No. <laughs> Good question, Kevin. I think there just needs to be like a new word that describes like the kind of fun you have when you're rock climbing that's like not necessarily traditional fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, we're on to Guess That Graham. Is it the same theme song every time? Or is I it think so. Uh, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty it's consistent. It's pretty consistent. Okay. okay. Um, and if anybody else wants to come up with a new theme song, I mean, no, I, it's impeccable. It is good. It is good. <laughs> make sure. All right, so we're gonna have five questions here. There's a bonus question at the end. Um, it is multiple choice. However, if you want to do a write-in, you have the chance to get three points instead of one. However, if you do a write-in and you get it wrong, it's negative a point. Any questions before we get started here? All right, everyone's ready and excited. Love it. The start of a new beginning, as a new decade comes into play, have entered 2020 and also begun my 30s, I have, begun, I have been reflecting back on the previous one, feeling all the highs and lows that were present. To process this information was emotional, yet empowering. Sometimes I question why I boulder or climb for that matter. Why I go outside into arctic conditions, wreck my body, split my fingertips, and suffer for a brief moment of bliss. All I can come up with is that I do this because it's an addiction. If I do not have it, then I do not feel alive, and this leaves me depressed. I need challenging projects that give me a reason to make myself stronger, rise above, and prove that I am capable of sending them. Is it Jimmy Webb, Ethan Pringle, or... Daniel Woods. Please don't make me reread the It's really long. Do we have a write-in, man? 
Well, no, because you already said the names. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you took that opportunity away. That's but right. I, I wouldn't have known anyways. Okay. Okay, everyone's got theirs. So we'll start with you, Matt. I'm going to say Daniel Woods based on the age. Okay. And Kevin Corrigan. I'm going to say Ethan Pringle because it uh, didn't sound like a boulderer. Okay. And Lindsay. I also said Ethan Pringle. Okay. All right. Matt starts off as <laughs> the leader. Oh, I Matt think has it right. Ethan's like in his mid-30s. Yeah. Early. I yeah. So I was thinking it was someone... But I kind of cheated because I interviewed Daniel in 2006 when he was 17 or whatever. I was like, oh, that would. Math over there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I did secret sandbaggy math. So I picked that one because it doesn't really sound like Daniel in most of his posts. It was very atypical of him. Well, he's 30 now. He is 30. He's more reflective. Yeah, turn on that vulnerability. Okay. Let's see if Matt can hold his lead. On to question number two. You Repre- have to give us opportunity for writing. I first. will, I will. Okay. Sorry. Representation matters. For years, I was ashamed of my body that I would turn down climbing partners in days in the woods because my stomach wasn't firm enough or my arms were too skinny. I would let the shape of my body dictate the joy I found in the daily experience because I didn't think I looked how a climber, let alone a professional one, should look. I'll give everyone a, a second here for right in. I've done my right in. Yeah, everyone's got the right in. All right, I'll, I'll get on the right in train. <laughs> um. This one was a little easier. Okay, we're going to start with Lindsay first. I think it's Beth Rodden. Okay, and we got Kevin Corrigan. Beth Rodden. Okay, and Matt has. Beth Rodden. All right, you guys are definitely on it with that one. It was <laughs> Beth Rodden. Yeah, she yeah. just posted that last earlier this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. With a picture of just her belly. It was a great post. Yeah. yeah. She's been doing really awesome posts uh, over the last few months just about, like, radical body acceptance. And it's mm-hmm. wonderful to see, like, tune into that if you haven't already. Just her stories are great. Lots of, like, positive reinforcement from other women in the community, too, just spreading the word of, like, we need to stop judging our own bodies and yeah. accept. Yeah, it's wonderful. Especially when she probably still cl- climbs way harder than me. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. yeah, Beth still cranks, I think. Right yeah. out of pregnancy. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think it's easy to uh, get the idea that people at like the top of the game don't struggle with those issues like the rest of us. Uh, so it's pretty great to see her being open about that and sharing her experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it has to be talked about. I mean, we have a feature working on now, right, on eating disorders in the community. And there's been writing about it in the past, but it's usually one person telling their personal story. I think this is a, a feature that points to these larger trends. And I, I do think it's important to talk about because, I mean, it's a reality, right? A lot of the very best climbers are very thin, and you have to, it's a strength to weight ratio sport. So some yeah. people approach it healthily, some don't. There's always a lot of back and forth about where's the limit where's this i mean is it the ifsc will chuck you out if your body percentage fat percentage is below certain you can be disqualified i mean i don't know people are obviously trying to address it and i think when stories of about body image about what eating disorders actually do to you uh, i think having a real discussion about it's important Mm -hmm. save people a lot of missteps yeah 
All right. Well, everyone got three points on that one, so Matt is still in the lead. Yay. All right. Question, uh, guess that gram number three. Maintaining a bulletproof tan throughout the winter is a key to a successful year. So is mixing up the training grind with some worthy outside projects. Yesterday, I climbed Mouth Breather, 8C, Ultra Tension Rig, but the really exciting test is the extension. That's the caption. Does anybody have a write-in? Should I be waiting here? No ideas. Well, we got, we got a hint with the font grading. Yes. Yeah. And the root. So if you guys know your roots really well. Mouth breather and AC. I'm going to go for a write-in. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love I'm gonna, it. I'm going to risk it. Okay. That's free soloing over here. Yeah, he is. Okay, so we are going to skip Matt, and we'll start with Kevin Corrigan then. But you didn't, didn't tell, tell us who that oh, was. <laughs> I didn't say I was writing in. Okay. So is it Paige Clausen, Drew Mack, or Jonathan Segrist? Oh, fuck shit. Oh, I, it seems like Matt did not get it right. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Okay. I would, can I get it right now? No. Damn it. It's a hard one. It is yeah. a harder one. Paige Clausen, Drew Mack, or Jonathan Segrist. Did you write your I name? wrote my I wrote oh. one down. Okay, Kevin Corrigan. Go on Drew Mack. All right. And then a Lindsay. I said J Star. All right. And Matt, what do you got for your writing? I wrote Joe Kinder because of the tan thing. (laughs) (laughs) Tongue in cheek. That's a negative one, unfortunately. I guarantee it's J-Star. It is J-Star. Good job, Lindsay. So Lindsay takes the lead. What? (laughs) Yes, I think that's a first time ever. That's the first time ever. I've not Great job. (laughs) Okay. I'm doing my homework. All right. Funny what makes one feel prepared, and more funny, I think, is how different that is for different people. Going to font always feels like a relief, a homecoming and climbing. It feels natural, and lots of people say there's not much a way to prepare for it. But I found the buttermilks helps the buttermilks to help with font trips. Waco to help with Switzerland, Indian Creek for Yosemite, that's routes and boulders, and font to help with gridstone. My question this morning, I guess, is, do I go to the Milks or the Valley? Hmm. Nice life that this person has. <laughs> yeah. Any write-ins? There's definitely some hints there. Yeah. No, Matt's not going to... No. He's not writing in. I'm, I learned. Any write-ins? Kevin Corrigan? I have a thought, but I'm not... You're not going to go for the write in today. Okay. Is it? Paul Robinson, Chris Schulte, or Fred Nicole? My guess was one of those. Uh, Damn it. Shoot. Yeah, I want this person's travel schedule. (laughs) (laughs) My choice is like, which gym will I go to today? A couple hours that I have in the morning. Everyone got their answers? Okay, Matt, what was your answer? Schulte. Okay, and then Kevin Corgan. Schulte. All right. Oh, I said Paul Robinson. Well, you should have said Chris oh, Schulte. Yes. <laughs> so you lost your. We're at a four-way tie right oh. now. Oh wow! On the fifth question. 
And this is a good one. Been loving the strong female energy in Salt Lake right now. Growing up, I was always the only girl or one of a few climbing training in the gym. It's been quite a change for me to have so many strong women to climb with. And I have to say, it's been amazing. And no write-ins, I'm assuming. Doesn't look like any. It's just so Is risky. it Kyra Condi, Alex Puccio, or Megan Martin? Can I cheat and look at other people's answers? <laughs> <laughs> you never said we couldn't do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, okay, we're going to start... Everyone got their answer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lindsay, who do you got? I said Puccio. Okay. And Kevin Corrigan? Kirakandi. Okay. And Matt Samet? Kirakandi. Okay. And it was Kirakandi. No. Lindsay lost the lead. <laughs> I think Puccio lives here now. She yeah. does. She moved like back? She travels a, yeah, she she's in Boulder. She travels yeah. a lot. But um, Kirakandi, I thought, was like... In Europe recently, maybe? So that's why I ruled her out, but I don't know. They move so They go everywhere. <laughs> they move here, travels. they move there. Yeah. They train here, they train there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have a bonus Whoa. for Matt and Kevin. This is it. And why, again, why not, there's no why not multi- Lindsay because she's ahead. I just can't catch up at this point. She's she's behind. You know what? We'll include you. <laughs> but I was going to do it because you guys had a tie. A tie. Well, if you if you do a right in, you can pull ahead. Exactly. Right. Well, this is all right in. The oh. bonus. There's no multiple oh, I choice. See. So it's okay. This is it. I'm going to guess now. Yeah, <laughs> you could get it right. <laughs> Great to have my breadwin, Brett Lowell, stop by for a visit. We have been on so many adventures together over more than 20 years span, and it was great to get out, get out in some local rocks and immediately fall back into our groove. So grateful for our friendship. Brett has been the main man behind the lens for Big Up and Real Rock since the beginning. Pretty amazing all the amazing climbing achievements he has captured. He's one of the best people I know. Here's to many more good times, brother. You don't? Okay. <laughs> Let's see. We'll start with... Do you guys both have it? I yeah, I'm pretty down. sure I'm wrong. I wrote Chris Sharma. Peter Mortimer. Sam wins! I would have gone with Mortimer, but then there was the brother at the end, and I was like, that's some Sharma. <laughs> <laughs> that's some Sharma surfer stuff right there. If you called him inspiring, I would have said Sharma. Yeah. So Matt wins with eight points. What Kevin has five, and Lindsay has four. What's the prize? There's never been a prize. Hmm. I don't know what the prize should be. I'll, I'll make a, I'll make something. <laughs> I have a little medal. You guys can wear it around the office for the month. There you go. Yeah, until you pass it off to the next person. You can just have a sense of superiority for the rest of the podcast. Oh, <laughs> I, I look down upon the rest of you now. Start, start all your statements with, well, that's the champion. <laughs> that's the current winner. All right, so that was kind of a nice tie-in, I believe, for Kevin Corrigan's discussion. Yeah, uh, we were going to talk about climbing movies today. Uh, This winter, I've been doing a lot of physical therapy, so every night I've just been spending like an hour on my floor and (laughs) 
just to pass the time, I've been watching old climbing movies, uh, so I figured we could talk about that. Uh, my favorite so far is just the whole Masters of Stone series, which I'd seen Masters of Stone before, before, which is like, if you're not familiar, it's a series of movies that came out in the 90s, and they're like super 90s, uh, and maybe at the time they're like what real rock is to today. Is it, do you think that's true, Matt? I think so, yeah. I don't know if they toured around like real rock did, but I mean, I remember like when they came out, I think like when Masters of Stone 1 or 2 came out, we like went to the Boulder uh, Mountaineer, which was a climbing shop on the hill by the university, to like watch it there on VHS, so it was like a thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Masters of Stone 4 is crazy. Uh, if you've seen the clip of Dan Osmond doing that Lover's Leap free solo, oh, yeah. uh, that's what that's originally from. But that's like not even the craziest thing he does in that movie by far. <laughs> Dan Hansman is in every single Masters of Stone, and like every single clip he's in is batshit insane. But Masters of Stone 4, he free solos uh, a flowing waterfall oh, with, yeah. with ice tools in a scoop in scuba gear. <laughs> I remember that one. It's insane. <laughs> um, what I didn't expect is like, you know, I went into these movies thinking they'd be like pretty silly and like 90s itch, which they are. Um, like Masters of Stone 3 has this long intro with this CGI lizard like running through Yosemite that like looks like Nintendo 64 graphics <laughs> uh, but they're actually like they're pretty good too like the climbing of them is cool <laughs> yeah I mean it was all the cutting edge stuff of the of the day right yeah did you see Masters of Stone 1 yeah I watched all of them <laughs> so Masters of Stone 1 did you ever see it I don't I can't keep track of Yeah, I've never one. seen the first one. The first one had this thing that was, I mean, it would never get filmed now. If it did, you'd just get lambasted on the internet. It was like the Rock Warriors. Yeah. Where they're soloing, <laughs> deep water soloing oh, over this the... reservoir. And there's a woman up top, like, wearing... Oh, yes. Yeah. And all the guys are like, yeah! And they're, like, climbing and throwing each other off <laughs> together. Each other off the rack. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's pro-wrestling. It's American Gladiator. Yeah, it's American yeah. Gladiator, like, pro-wrestling, but with the woman as the prize and all these, like, muscle bros, like, trying to throw each other off the wall. I mean, if you filmed that now, I mean, you would be... Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm nostalgic for it. I thought it was kind of dumb at the time, too. Uh-huh. Like, it's definitely an artifact of an era. There's this one clip during it where, uh, and they show this one clip like 10 times throughout the entire movie. They throw it like, show it like six times in a row when it first comes up, and then they show it again multiple times during the credits. So they're very proud of it. But one dude does this like huge sideways dino, latches the other guy's neck in midair, and pulls him <laughs> off the wall. Like, it's legit pro wrestling. <laughs> With heavy fall consequences. Yeah. There, there's a lot of weird stuff like that throughout them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's this scene where uh, people are up on El Cap and they're just, like, dancing on ropes. Uh, there's a clip where someone hangs, like, gymnastic rings off some cliff and is doing gymnastic stunts off of it, but, like, on a rope and harness. Um, but then there's a lot of really cool stuff in there, too. <laughs> Was there a modern Masters of Stone? Anything that came out in like the last five or ten years? I know he got up through Eric Perlman made him, and I know he got up through maybe Masters of Stone six. Uh huh. And I feel like Masters of Stone six was about twelve, eleven years ago now. Okay. Like that was back actually when I think you and I were climbing. Yeah, I remember him talking about it. But I don't remember. Yeah, we did something with him. We did some content. 
I don't remember. I think it had like a no speed climbing record in it, and he kind of modernized it a little bit. Okay. I think that was the last one. Was I think six. that was, I think that was five, maybe. Was it five? Okay. Yeah. yeah if it was Dean Potter, like speed soloing the nose, then that was five. Okay. Might have been. I don't remember. It's been a while now. Are they all up on YouTube? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I found DVDs and. Climbing's closet like five years ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they went. <laughs> well, my favorite climbing uh, movie is Return to Sender. And for me, that's like what really motivated me to go from just like reading climbing magazines and, and watching videos to actually getting out there and doing it. And I was actually just last week in Malibu Creek uh, which there's a segment with Michael Reardon where he's just doing a ton of free soloing. And there's actually this kind of scary part where he's on a route called uh, Kim Chi, I believe. It's like 11D. And a hold breaks on him. And he's just like, I'm an idiot. I was doing laps on it. It was like th- his third lap on the route. And the hold breaks and he hurts his ankle. And then he's like, oh, but I'm going to go to Joshua Tree now. Nothing breaks. This is totally solid. <laughs> and then he starts free soloing all that stuff at J-Tree, and he starts doing it naked, which was like, so I was like, this guy is out of his mind, and it is so cool. I, like, for me, that was the inspiration it took for me to, like, really take that next step into climbing. He has a, such an entertaining personality. Like, in all, all the videos you see of him. Yeah. He's like a movie star, <laughs> mm-hmm. rock climber. Which is kind of, I mean, he was, you know, worked on Hollywood movies and stuff like that. He'd been in a glam band. (laughs) Yeah, he was in like a metal hair band in the 80s. They were called Rocks Milan. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely fit. But that video also has a lot of great other segments. You got Timmy O'Neill. He does his uh, beat climbing beatbox, where he does this really cool beatbox rap at the beginning. Um, and obviously Timmy's quite a character too Um, so there's just like a lot of really great entertaining segments Uh, another movie I found in the closet here was uh, Front Range Freaks which which I saw Matt has a video part in yeah before I had gray hair I know what, what was that like filming that um I actually didn't I don't think I wanted to I had done some head points at that point but they wanted Peter was like let's go find something really sick to film uh, so we walked around the flatirons looking for stuff um, I don't know if he was trying to kill me or, or whatever but one thing he picked out was like the southwester out of the maiden which is all bolted now which is like an undone project that's like a v14 to a 12c that's all bolts and there was no gear and I was like yeah I'm probably not gonna do that um, but I think we finally settled on a thing on seal rock but it was a little nerve-wracking because I think I wasn't um, I don't know if I was necessarily in that mode at that point, but I was like, yeah, let's just try this route and do it. I mean, it's bolted now, like a 512, but yeah. I think doing dangerous stuff for the camera wasn't not my jam. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like there is, it's boulders ready for new front range freaks. Do you think there's still freaks out here? <laughs> Maybe not freaks. It would be more like uh, front range hipsters. Front yeah. range hipsters. <laughs> well, but it's been so long, and there's so many like cool new things that have been going up and so many athletes live in here there's just like a whole new generation mm-hmm. yeah and for for those of our listeners that haven't watched front range freaks it's uh similar to the masters of stone movies there's like some pretty quirky segments in it like i think the first portion of the movie is about this dude who boulders but like 
only dinos. Yeah, Paul Glover. Paul he just Glover. does double dinos. <laughs> yeah. Them barefoot. Yeah. 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 And you have Timmy O'Neill again. Yeah, Urban um, Ape. Is Urban the name Ape. Of the segment. <laughs> is the dog in that one too? The yeah, climbing I think dog. So, the biscuit. Climbing dog. Oh yeah. 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 That was pretty cool. Like I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's also interesting watching it as a part of history and seeing, like, this is kind of the predecessor to what re- became real rock. Yeah, and I really like the regional vibe of yeah. that DVD. <laughs> there was another one in New England, um, Uncommon Ground, mm-hmm. with, like, Mark Sinnott and all these other really, like, just... Oh, was that Rob Frost? Movie? It was a Rob Frost, and then you yeah. also had, like, Tim Kempel, and they had all the boulderers in there, Dave Graham, and all of them doing... Um, they were up in Pawtuckaway. That the v, the first V thirteen, which was, jeez, I'm gonna forget the name of it. Uh, I totally spacing on the name of it. But it was a really great DVD, and I love the regional mm-hmm. vibes. I wish there was more regional regional uh, DVDs out there. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I mean, Front Range Freaks. If I had never been out here, like I might not have cared enough to watch it. Um, but. I mean, just like being like everything in the movie is right down the street from where I live mm-hmm. and somewhere. It like makes it really cool. Child of the Storm. I think oh, that's that, right. That's it. It was the first. Dave Graham. Dave right. Graham. And he got in trouble later on because he has a blowtorch. Oh, he's blowtorch. <laughs> he's trying holes with a blowtorch. Uh, and you go to it now and you see the big black spots. Oh, well, whoops. Oopsie. Yeah, he probably didn't know. Yeah. I had an old climbing film. I don't have it anymore. It was a, a DVD that was like passed on to me from Jim Surrett and Chris Hill, like when I first moved to Boulder. But it was, it was um, basically there was a competition on the outside of Cat's Gym, which is like one of the original rock gyms in the country, and still like kind of a hardcore training facility this day. But they had this wall outside. You know, they kind of built the scaffolding, and they had this wall that was maybe 25 feet tall. I don't think it's there anymore. And they held an outdoor comp on it. They were trying to like have like the snowbird of Boulder. <laughs> yeah, on this little wall. It's pretty entertaining because it's like just kind of all the people who were in Boulder at that time. So there's like a lot of Lycra tights and neon and people like, you know, taking kind of scary whippers. I mean, it's like a 25 foot wall. And if you take a 15 footer, you know, or whatever. Yeah, it was. Um, but someone made a whole video of it and then it's interspersed with these guys in Eldo climbing a trad route I don't know why it's the filmmakers and then yeah I don't know it was one of those kind of like low budge like homemade things but I just remember the back of the box said they had like quotes from people and someone was like the same as Snowbird but hometown (laughs) this is not the same as Snowbird (laughs) this 20 foot wall in the parking lot is not is not a World Cup <laughs> snowbird competition. Yeah. Anyway, that's my favorite climbing. <laughs> I really appreciated the Chuck Freiberger, like bouldering only ones, like Core and Pure. Yeah, when yeah those, those were out. great. Like, those were like cutting edge, really cool. Just to like those ones felt like climbing porn in a way, right? Like yeah. they were so beautifully shot, and it was not about like the story of any single climb. It was just really about like the climber and the location and their like interaction with the rock in a way like it was yeah those ones were really well done i thought yeah they're very artistic very long artistic. shots yeah. he would do these like long pulls yeah and stuff like that. i was like whoa this is totally different and then being like bouldering only i think mm-hmm. was really unique too because like masters of stone is like way more disciplines mixed from shot to shot and then same with like dosage that also had a lot of like mixed disciplines so yeah, yeah. it had 
something that was just bouldering was neat. What's Chuck Freiberger up to these days? No, Facebook friends with him. He's super into road biking, and he's like super hardcore. He'll like bike up Mount Evans. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and then bike. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's making climbing films anymore. Yeah. yeah, I think he got really into road biking. I wonder if like the proliferation of just like digital videos, like having cell phones with cameras and stuff, has changed like how filmmakers like Chuck Freiberger. Or, Brett Lowell, how they approach making like a feature climbing video. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, like those uh, older style like bouldering porn videos. I don't know if you could really get like a full length release out of something like that today, just because of how many people are putting up their you know single boulder problem or like you know I went to font here ten lines I did edits on YouTube, um, which is kind of too bad because. There's, like, those just, like, aren't as slick and people aren't putting as much effort into those uh, as, you know, a Chuck Freiberger film or whatever. So I think we've lost to that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, there's more quantity and less quality for sure. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, I think that's the conclusion of the show. So thanks uh, for tuning in, all of you uh, Summit members out there. And again... Um, If you're enjoying your membership, please make sure to tell a friend. And uh, we'll see you next month. Thanks. Thank you.